The following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Podcast One presents Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze, an entertaining behind-the-scenes look at the world of food, where you'll hear from anyone and everyone from the culinary industry, including restaurateurs, TV hosts, celebrity chefs, producers of your favorite cooking shows, and many more. Now, here's your host, Richard Blaze. Welcome to Starving for Attention. Richard Blaze is here with Jasmine Blaze. We are in sunny San Diego. Humid San Diego, and which mosquito, is very, very rare. Mosquito There's like mosquitoes and stuff. It's kind of like... I don't like, like complaining because I know we live in a really nice place. And yeah. like a lot of people deal with heat and mosquitoes. But guys, it's worse here. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not, by the way. It's but, worse because uh, it's different. That's but it is, it, it, it is pretty hot and there are mosquitoes for some reason for like <sighs> this week that's happening in San Diego. Uh, but the next couple of episodes are going to be a lot of fun. I was in Atlanta for... Wow, like not even 20, like 24 hours, like 30 hours even. But we did a, uh, you always do this when I'm like, I'm on a quick trip. I guess. Uh, I flew from Hawaii basically to Atlanta. I stopped yeah. for a second in San Diego, yeah, like changed a bag. Hours. Maybe it was 36 hours if you're counting. Just because like, you had that flight late time. flight back. That's and, uh, but uh, back to our old stomping grounds, if you will, where we, uh, uh, where uh, some of our kids were born. Uh, most of them. Yeah. <laughs> and, and also a place where we lived for a while. So we grabbed a couple of episodes. So this is going to be a string of Atlanta-themed episodes. I, I love the two that we have coming up because one is with a chef that probably everybody knows, especially fans of this podcast. Mm. And one is going to be with a chef that everybody should know. Yeah. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to it. He's a fan favorite, uh, an Atlanta fan favorite, you know? That's true. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the chef that's on the episode today was a top chef fan Fan favorite. favorite. What? Chef Kevin Gillespie, right? He is. So you, if you don't, if the name doesn't ring a bell automatically, like, uh, shame on you. Uh, (laughs) but also if you're a fan of top chef, he's probably the guy, if I brought the faux hawk to top chef, he brought the big red beard. Yeah. Right? He's uh, the Yukon Cornelius of Top Chef. Absolutely. So, uh, 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 is that his uh, last name? Cornelius? Yeah. Did I say that yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, okay, so good. you're uh, the, the Rudolph and the Red-Nosed Reindeer right. claymation. Yeah. Uh, but Kevin Gillespie, yeah, big red beard, southern boy, charming, Great super guy. nice yeah. guy. Uh, and one of, I would say, I don't know, three, four, top three easily, uh, Well, most well-known Atlanta chefs currently, for oh, sure. yeah. 100%. Uh, he's got a restaurant called Gun Show, which I, I can't imagine, by the way, I, th- I put up a picture picture of Kevin and I from the podcast and I, I had people complaining about guns on my mm, uh, yeah. Instagram well, so I can't I even imagine he gets probably a lot of pushback on that name. right since it's his restaurant and it's yeah. called gun show yeah um, but uh, the story of it again I think just goes back to like he used to go to a lot of gun shows with his dad it's like a sort of or his family and it's like a sort of uh, a reference to how he grew up right sure right. Um, but anyway it's it's a restaurant guys it's not has nothing to do with uh, weaponry true uh, unless it's culinary weaponry Hey everyone, Uh, in food the source indicates quality, it evokes craftsmanship and traditional old world values, and the source reinforces the connection we have to each other and to the world. S. Pellegrino, bottled at the source in Bergamo, Italy, which um, we're heading to Italy pretty soon, since 1899 is a premium mineral water that's naturally filtered by the Italian Alps during the 30-year 
Underground journey minerals are absorbed as the water flows through geological formations to its source, creating a unique and refreshing taste. That's why it's so delicious. And as chefs, listen, you know that we're meticulous about the ingredients we select for our menus. Uh, That's why I have San Pellegrino available at all of my restaurants, and I happen to be drinking uh, one right now as it's in front of the microphone. Uh, You know that uh, as we gather around the table with family and friends, uh, it's always good to have uh, amazing ingredients. And believe it or not, water is one of the most important. As you gather around the table with family and friends, I encourage you to enhance your own meals by choosing S. Pellegrino. To find S. Pellegrino in your area and for some additional culinary inspiration, visit sanpellegrino.com. But this was a lot of fun. And here's, uh, uh, you know, I went in there not knowing, like, I haven't seen Kevin in a long time. We've, uh, but we've known Kevin for a long time. A long, I mean, like, well, yeah, like way back, Um, dozens of years. But we haven't seen him recently. We filmed like a, you know, a spinoff of Top Chef and spent like a couple of minutes together, like years ago in LA. but he's opening up all sorts of restaurants. He's got one in the Mercedes-Benz Dome there. He's got like a, a, a sort of barbecue-themed place, uh, Revival, right? He's got, is it Revival? Yeah, yeah. I believe so. Yeah. And then he's got Gun Show. Uh, so he's growing. He's really just, um, you know, uh, always been a fan favorite and a, and, a, and a big local chef in Atlanta and nationally. Um, I was surprised how friendly we were during the podcast. Oh, yeah. Well, like, I left like feeling like I just spent two hours with like a really close friend yeah well that's good now in in uh in all honesty i don't have too many friends right i was gonna say maybe you're just not used to like having a conversation with people i think that's what it was (laughs) that are close i mean like that you have history with. i think that's what it was i mean usually you know all the guests i'm like hey do you want to come back on and do another podcast kevin and i sat after the podcast after i turned off the recorder for at least another 30 minutes yeah um, and I, I, as like a producer, I was like, I, why did I turn off the recorder? Cause I think we also started getting into some other sure. stuff. Um, but he's definitely someone I want to bring back. Like next time we're in Atlanta, next time he's in Southern yeah. California, we're going to hook up and get him back on the pod. Yeah. I'm sad I missed it. Uh, we worked together as sous chefs at That's a right. giant restaurant that That's was somewhat right. sort of barbecue you know, Americana themed. Yeah. Uh, we talk about that on the podcast. So maybe we have these connections. You worked yeah. at a restaurant I where he had guys, worked yeah. also. Uh, yeah. so there we was never, this... I don't think we ever crossed paths at that at, at Woodfire. I right. I think he came after. He me. was upset you weren't there. I know. I was upset. I wasn't. Everyone there. was. I, I I really do want to get back and visit Atlanta. I am probably more fond of Atlanta than you are. Although this time, you you had some some like like. Well, first of all, feelings. you're setting me up as you usually do. You set yeah. me up in a bad way on the <laughs> podcast. To be like you've uh, you you have better feelings about Atlanta. I mean, when you spend any sort of time in a place, even as we feel right now in San Diego or L.A. Like, you know, everything's shine sort of wears off a little bit. And then you realize how traffic is horrible in L.A., right? And sure, it's not yeah. just about, you know, wearing a cool Dodgers hat and eating some great food and I'm meeting celebrities. Saying, on this trip, I think absence made the heart grow fonder for you finally in Atlanta. It did. Yeah. I mean, I remember I sent you a text. I went over to their Ponce City Market, which is yeah, their like right. new food hall, yeah. which when we left Atlanta was just in the early stages of being built. But right. like, certainly there was nothing up. No. Uh, and well, I forget building. the specific text. That I sent you, but it was like, oh. You said it's amazing, I think. I said it was spectacular. Spectacular, yeah. And you, uh, and you don't speak like that about anything, frankly. For well, especially in the food hall game because I've yeah. seen enough of them and I travel all over the place. And I'm also a big food hall guy because I love casual food. 
Um, but I was blown away with the seriousness of their uh, of all of the food projects that they have going on in the food hall. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in all of the big time local chefs, right. uh, Linton well, I th- Hopkins. I think they did a really good job of reaching out to the local chefs there. Yeah. Instead of bringing in maybe like a bigger chain or a bigger restaurant group from out of town. Atlanta especially, I feel like, eschews that. Like, I, you know, there's been some big chefs that have come to town in Atlanta and have gotten run out on a rail. Yeah, right? I, I've always sort of related this to sort of like, um, you know, the South. You know, the South is just very sort of like homegrown yeah. and like, ah, oh, you're one of us or you're not, right? Sure, definitely. In, in a lot of ways, in a bad, and it's a bad thing. You know, yeah. it's a bad yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that has that, been historically, has been historically <laughs> yes. a very bad thing. Right. If we're talking about things like the um, Civil War, like, 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 <laughs> yes. well, like Civil War, Civil Rights. I mean, right. all of these yes. sort of things. Uh, but in general, I think they do that with their businesses as well, yeah. right? Yeah. So a lot of big chefs, I mean, I don't have a problem saying it on the podcast, like Emeril Lagasse has had a failed restaurant there. Tom Colicchio has had a failed restaurant there. Yeah. Those are two people like I have an incredible amount of respect for. Yeah. Oh, Richard Blaze has failed there a couple <laughs> right. times too yes. as a local. I wasn't going to do it because you already called me out for being mean. To no, you no, you're not today, mean so. to me. Um, <laughs> but and I, and I failed there as a local. I've also succeeded there though. And, and Atlanta is one of those places where I always have to be very... I have to remind myself that I've made my name in Atlanta if it wasn't for the people of Atlanta, which is quite honestly something we always have missed about Atlanta is like the people and the culture and just, um, you know, it it is an amazing city that still... You know, if you if you live in the bubble of Atlanta, you know how great it is. But I don't think it still gets the national respect. No, you know, just because you rattle it's off a funny. couple of yeah. James Beard awards, that doesn't mean that no. like the yeah. average person in L. A. And knows even lately, anything about the Atlanta. James Beard awards have been going to like places in Alabama and 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 not Atlanta, right? right? I, mean, I mean, South Carolina and yeah, you true, know, true, it's true. Been interesting. Um, I, in research for this podcast, of course, I just like uh, you know Googled a couple of things just to see like what's going on currently, and there was this big uh, hullabaloo. Is that a word? I like it that. Is a word. It's that also word. a local children's band here in San oh, Diego. Nice. Go ahead. <laughs> Romero, shout out. Yeah. Um, about how come like the show Top Chef has not filmed Ooh, in Atlanta yeah. and it just filmed in Kentucky. Yeah. And it was even Kevin Gillespie in the article, I think it was the AJC, who was like, you know, I get Charleston. I get yeah. why they picked Charleston. Yeah. And if you've been to Charleston, coastal, you get it. Beautiful. Cobblestone yeah, streets and totally. horse drawn carriages right. and like it's got know, the low country coastal, cuisine. Southern city. Yeah. It's yeah. got all of these things, right? And so great visuals for shooting, right? Sure. sure. But Kevin and is like Kentucky. <laughs> you know, Louisville's like yeah. Atlanta without yeah. like all the things that make Atlanta yeah. Atlanta. And it's, you know. It's like uh, Atlanta's been blackballed, but they don't think they don't, I don't think they know why. So Dan Cutforth, who's been on the pod, is yeah. also in this article saying like how great Atlanta is and it's yeah. not because of who pays for it. It's just, you know, all of these things. Um, who knows why Top Chef is not. Um, <laughs> Uh, Jasmine is making like uh, you know the uh, show me the money the, uh, yeah. the, the Johnny Manziel sort of like make it rain with money yeah. uh, symbol right now. Who knows why that they haven't been to Atlanta? But here's one thing that Top Chef has uh, Atlanta has done for Top Chef. It has produced a number of incredibly dynamic, bigger named contestants contestants on the show. Yeah. Now, you want to list them? You want to go one for one? See if we can go. See who's going to lose? We're gonna we're not going to be ahead. able to go. Okay, go. Uh, Kevin Gillespie, Richard Blaze. Hector Santiago. Eli Kirstein. Uh, Whitney Otakawa. Eister. Wow. Boom. Whitney Otakawa. I think I said her name right. Yeah, I think you did. Uh, Wesley True. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you're going deep. I went deep. Now you're done. I like, think I don't I'm even, done. Hold we on, might have think, also like... Think. Oh, no. Uh, what are you going to oh, say? Wait, here? she wasn't on it. She's on that Kim Zolciak show. Never mind. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
cannot count okay. other reality. No, that doesn't. You know count who I'm talking about, right? At all? No, I don't. The, the girl from One Midtown Kitchen. Oh, right, we're, we're going anyway. off on a tangent. Okay, we got most of them. We probably left out the a couple chef of people. for Kim Zolciak. Zolciak. I don't know who you're talking about. She I'm worked sorry. at One Midtown. Okay, we're oh, gonna great. go. Back. I'll Google right. it. We'll, 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 we'll look. Figure, we'll pull it up. We'll figure it out. Anyways, um, <laughs> no, she was. She on. She was on Top Chef. Yes, I win. But her name is escaping me at the moment, and that's horrible the because she also is Christine. But I, it's not mm, it. I don't know if that's it. But anyway, listen, yeah. lots of amazing chefs from Atlanta yeah. have yeah. gone on the show. Yeah, Kevin and I get into it a little bit, or did we get into it after the? I turned oh, off the recorder. Geez. I'm not sure. But here's what I do have to reveal about it. So, like, there was this moment in time where, like, the show, and again, my season was original season was four, and Kevin's was six. Yeah, and that little. Uh, that run that yeah. four and four, six four, specifically five, six, yeah. had strong Atlanta chefs yeah and you could also argue for the history of Top Chef that that was like those were the bread and butter seasons yeah those are right? the glory days they won, the, they won their Emmys for season six I like to take all credit for season four being you know I mean me yes. and of course my castmates but sure, for season course. four yeah. sort of kickstarting the fact that there were a lot of serious like chefs cred. on that yeah. cast right, right? Um, and then season five was Fabio and Carla like that's right. their it's, it's hard yeah bread and butter hard days. to argue yeah, definitely um, that that wasn't like the golden years of yeah. Top Chef. Um, but here's the interesting thing. When you're in like a New York or in LA, right, as someone who goes on the television shows, if you're a chef in New York City and you're Alex Warnishelli, you're probably not getting too upset that Scott Conant or Jeffrey Zakarian are getting some shine on Food Network because it's such a big city and there's so much talent in New York, right? Sure, sure. And, the, and, the and there's pool plenty is of media deep. to go around. The right. pool is deep. Yeah. But when you're coming from a smaller city like Atlanta at the time, you know, and you're like, you know, I mean, I'll use myself. You're Richard Blaze going on Top Chef, like one of the first people to do it. Yeah. You get a lot of attention. Right. And you get a lot of support yeah. from the city. Totally. Yeah. And I have to admit, and I've become a, a much more of a grown up, kind of, I hope, right? You're looking. Um, that like when Kevin Gillespie got his run on Top Chef, there's like a, oh, yeah. Oh, great. The home team's there again. I want him to do really well, yeah. but not as good as I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I wonder if anyone else can sort of chime into this. It, it is like, of course, like, you know, I wouldn't be upset if he had won his season. Yeah. But it's like, you're I, like, I, oh, I no, I was, the, I was the, I was the guy in the city who did really good. Right. I think um, that makes, I think that makes sense. Is like you're saying in, in, in the smaller cities, you know, the pretty much any city, but New York, LA, San Francisco, I think right. when, when, when other chefs are winning awards and get, or, or going on a TV show or whatever it is. I, I think it, yeah, I wonder, you, want, you want it to not take away your shine. I wonder if that's true for like athletes and musicians. If you're like the, you know, especially like, I'm, I'm talking about like athletes' pe- hometowns. Like okay. if you're like, I came oh, sure. from blanking blank Texas. Sure. And I became a major league baseball pitcher. And sure. I'm the only major league baseball pitcher that came from this town. How do you feel when the next major leaguer comes about? Like that's how I felt with Kevin Gillespie. And then he tore it up. Yeah. Like then he just dominated. And, yeah. and, and it's easy to say that, you know, he had one of the most epic runs on Top Chef. Yeah. I think he and was also, really like, the favorite to win. Yeah. And it had just amazing competition. And he went up against the Voltaggio brothers. <laughs> right. And, you know, and uh, so many other chefs in that season who, uh, Mike Isabella, who ended up, yeah. you know, almost beating me and All-Stars, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Stiff t- competition. Yeah. Um, so we get into a little bit of that. But again, one of the most... I don't ever peg musicians from places, I guess. Okay, well, musicians maybe, but athletes. Except for I think, Tom um, Petty, right? Because well, you're because he's from Gainesville, and yeah. you are not from Gainesville, but, but I went to school there. But you went to school, and there. my family lives there. You're so. a Gator. Yeah. I think that comes up in the podcast, of course, because of course, when you're in the South, you are defined by the college football team that you root for. That you root for, yeah. yes, and and, uh, and and we root for the Gators. Yeah, Kevin and Gillespie does not. Does not. He roots <laughs> for the dogs, which is pretty much the common breakdown, and then yeah. throw some Alabama and Tennessee people. Although he mentions that his uh, wife 
currently she is a uh, Alabama. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, always she'll always be an Alabama fan. But right. that, and that how how tough it was watching the uh, national championship yeah. last year. If you're uh, like yeah. someone from Georgia, someone well, from Alabama. Yeah. But it's kind of hard. As a matter of fact, uh, now in Southern California, uh, we just actually came back this weekend from a quick little trip to the last Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum where SC plays. And where you've seen so many epic football games, right? And whether it's USC, Notre Dame, or sure. UCLA. And, and a lot of people in Southern California are like, Whoa, we got SC and UCLA rivalry. Like, no, you don't. No, no. It's not <laughs> you don't the have, same. You don't have anything comparative to SEC football. Not to turn this into a sportscast. <laughs> yeah, here we go. What's happened, this is my other podcast. Yeah, but this happens every time, I feel like. Anytime yeah. sports comes up, because we're both pretty big, massive sports fans. The only yeah. thing I've ever seen uh, internationally that rivals the SEC is... English, European yeah. football, close. soccer. Yeah, close. And Definitely. when we went to see some of those games, that's where you can see. I like, think they're, oh, yeah, I think they're more is... polite in, in England. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I disagree with you. I don't know. Oh, you, no. you, weren't, you, you haven't been around, though. I, I will say like the verbal sparring is worse at an SEC game. Yeah. Um, but I feel like the, the maybe it's just because like a foreign violence. land. Like I, I don't remember seeing lots of broken beer bottles well, at, they don't like, sell beer on bottles campus. In college, in the well, that's stadium, smart, right? but they do in England. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and I think, like, I don't know if I've been more afraid of rooting for the other team in, in, in an SEC stadium or in England. Yeah. Uh, but I would say England, <laughs> quite honestly. Hey, Jasmine, have you heard the news? No. Uh, the forward-thinking men and women at Hyundai are modernizing the car buying experience with their new Shopper Assurance program. Love it. It's pretty much the future of car buying available here in the present. Uh, Shopper Assurance will save customers time, lessen or eliminate haggling, and speed up the whole process, which is amazing. Hyundai's really the first manufacturer recognizing the way you shop for and buy a car. The program's based on four pillars. First, transparent pricing for convenience. Knowing the price is always better than guessing the price. Second, flexible test drives that come to you. Just find the Hyundai you love, and they'll bring it to you. Third, streamline purchase for efficiency. No more stacks of papers at the dealership. And fourth, a three-day worry-free exchange, peace of mind after you buy a car. What more could you want? It's not just car buying made easier. It's a chance to feel confident, respected, in control, and at ease, all while making a great decision. And it's all made possible with Hyundai's Shopper Assurance program. Visit HyundaiUSA.com slash Shopper Assurance for more information. That's HyundaiUSA.com slash Shopper Assurance. Kevin Gillespie is awesome. I think it was a lot of fun. Uh, And again, there was just this energy that was just amazing. Also, you know, we don't cover it a lot, but he's just coming off of surgery. Right, that's right. So glad he's doing well. Yeah, Yeah. fighting uh, the cancer. Yeah. And um, like so happy to see him back. He said he's not 100%, but um, uh, wishing him always the best. But he looked great. It It was one of those things too. I was like, you look great. And it's like, oh, I just had surgery. Yeah. (laughs) Doesn't that always kind of happen? And like I also stick my foot in my mouth all the time. Uh, An amazing podcast, the incredible Kevin Gillespie, also one of Padma Lakshmi's like favorite people. Ever. Seemingly, so yeah. jealous of that. I know. They Here it is. Sleepovers, like I, sleepover parties. Oh, I'd slumber like to be invited parties. to that. Yeah. All right, Kevin Gillespie, everyone. <laughs> Good to see you, man. You look, you look great. That's what everybody says. I don't quite feel a hundred percent yet, but, but I guess I don't look terrible. Is it, is it one of those things? I mean, obviously, this is like a pretty dramatic moment yeah. for you, right? You're just coming back off of surgery recently. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I had to have a kidney removed, so it turns out that's kind of a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, con- I mean, good to see you, dude. Thanks, First of man. all, I mean, we're in your your Hallmark restaurant, right? Yep. The flagship yep, uh, gun, gun show. show. Um, 
you were scrambling around looking for a double A battery for me, <laughs> which was, uh, I think, a, a perfect way to sort of start start yeah. off the podcast. Turns out harder to find than you would think. You know what? I've been into two gas stations already. So, like, so, so the morning has already started in, like, a very, like, it seems like now that I don't live in Atlanta, it seems like it's been an episode of the show Atlanta. <laughs> like, I'm driving, like, the smallest rental car ever because I'm kind of a frugal guy. Right. And it's like a lawnmower with a football helmet, and I'm staying up in Buckhead. And, like, I've been scrambling around for double-A batteries. Uh, and I was yeah. like, you know who's going to have – I bet you there's one floating around a restaurant. And, yeah. of course, the one little thing that you always need is, is hard yeah. to find. We seem to have about 50 triple-A batteries, but no double-A's. So. No worries. Maybe they're getting phased out. That's what yeah. – I think that's what it is. <laughs> like, when it oh, – is it a QT? Is that what they are? Yeah, when yeah. the QT doesn't carry double-A's. And yeah. Like, we've got a whole lot of triple-A's. Yeah, exactly. I forget what that movie was where they, they go in uh, – I think it's Meet the Parents. Yeah, where it's like we got, you can get a lot of mums. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm looking for a really nice – a hundred dollar bottle of champagne. You can get a whole lot of bums. Yeah. Exactly. The fact that I don't, I don't do a lot of those. Like you know, how, you know, some people who like consistently reference like movies yes, like that. Yes. Are you one of those guys? No, they just work for me. So okay, I hear, exactly. I hear okay. All of the, That's what I'm saying. I'm not one of those people yeah. either. I just spent a vacation with a good friend who did that. It was like, you don't remember this movie? And I'm like, no, I don't. Like I didn't just like spend my college years just watching movies for years on the line. Like the way they would just kill time is to constantly like blurt a line out and then see who could guess what movie that was from. And just years of working with these people, I feel like, even though I've never seen the movie, I know all the lines. From You're like 40-year-old like, virgin. Yeah, yeah. Forgetting ex- Sarah yeah, Marshall. Yeah, like you know, exactly. You've never even seen right. the movies, yeah, but you yeah. know you Something know that came out lines. of Ocean's Eleven, so yeah. That's kind of, and they, sometimes they become like rallying cries, mm-hmm. right? I mean, for sure, I'm, yeah. They're like a like, motto of, yeah, for people. Like I'll get, actually guys who worked for me like 10 years ago will still randomly text me lines from movies like that we were talking about back then and it's like as if that's like our Kurahi kind of thing. Like, I, I kind of love that. Yeah. I think that that's a, I don't I, I doubt that it's an Atlanta thing, but I feel like I work with a lot of people yeah. that are similar to. It's like, okay, well, we're shelling fava beans for 45 minutes, right. the three of us. Right. And, you know. And what else is there to do? What right? Else, and, right. Well, what is there? And, and you also, I, I think um, your leadership style is like we're kind of like band of brothers and yeah, sisters. Yeah, I'm very much like a battlefield leader, like in the trenches kind of guy. Right. So, yeah. And like, yeah, of course, we're going to like talk about like the world. Right. Because yeah. I think you've also, though, worked in some really serious kitchens yeah. where. Um, like conversations sometimes aren't even like uh, people don't want to have like we weren't allowed to like I worked for Gunter Seeger we weren't really allowed to talk to each other like we would get in trouble for having conversations <laughs> that's what I'm talking about right so I worked for Keller in a similar way where like it was just like silence yeah and uh, there's a certain amount of pressure yeah. to that as yeah. well yeah um, and then when you're released from that right and yeah. you're like, oh, wait, we can talk about, like, the ball game last right. night yeah, or, like, exactly. where I went to eat yesterday. Right. Yeah. And we can also move our hands. <laughs> right. Like, the one thing that I've always drawn the line in the sand about is that I never wanted to have that workplace where people were really unprofessional. So it's like we can talk as long as we're not, like, being – I don't like it when people are mean to other people or they just sort of, like, you know – I don't like to hear people bad-mouthing other restaurants while we're at work. Like, it's just like, Ooh, leave that somewhere else. Like, you know that's what? just not my thing. So. Dude, I love that you brought that up. You're, like, getting right into the heat of, like, what the podcast is about. Like, doesn't that happen, like, every day? Do you, yeah. Are you guys open seven days? No, we're here? open five days. Five Everything days, right. we do is five days. Which so, is amazing yeah. for your staff yeah, and for that's yourself. The reason we did it is that, like, I want the consistency of the same people side by side fighting the fight every night. Like, and that's, that's for me, that's Have you works. never just looked at, um, like, a sales report, though? Yeah, like, absolutely. Oh, maybe yeah. We should just Yeah, do the six. benefit to being the sole owner of everything we have is that I don't have to really run it past anybody. Wow. I look at it and I go, yeah, okay, cool. Well, we're still open five days. That's amazing. So you're at 100%. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, it's all you. Yeah. Um, now, 
Is that just what? Why is that? I'm curious because um, I'm, I'm the ex- almost the exact opposite. I had an, a really really bad business partnership in my early career. Like my very first sort of foray into being the chef, I was a partner of a restaurant, and after about three or four years, I found out that they had been siphoning money out of the business the entire time, and Ooh. so um, the business was up in like danger of closing, and I was owed like close to a million dollars in back. Oh like gosh. distributions that weren't there anymore. They had literally sent them out of the country. So right. um, ever since then, I've been uber paranoid of being in a business partnership. It just scares me. Um, even though I have a really, really great um, operating partner as part of our company now, but um, on the books still, I technically own 100%. Like he just gets like, he gets all the benefits of a partner, except I technically am the only one who signs my name on the line. Right. It just makes me sleep a little bit better at night. Yeah, you reason. flipped it. Well, and, then, yeah. and I like to know then that even how many years has Gun Show been open now? This uh, is, We're f- six. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, which is what, 33 in human years? Yeah, is yeah, that, exactly. Is there like are days that I'm like, wait, is this, we haven't been open for 40 years? This isn't a legacy <laughs> restaurant? Like, why am I so tired? Right. Like, <laughs> That's weird because it's like, it's, sometimes it's probably 40 years and sometimes it's probably like four months. Right. right. Well, uh, one of our other restaurants, Revival, has been open three years and I was working the line last night. And I made the comment that I swear there are some days that it feels like we just opened because there mm. are some days that I'm like, why do we not have this system nailed down quite right, right. just yet? It's three years. Like, why are we still deciding how we want to do this one thing? Right. <laughs> how do you determine where to spend your time now that you have multiple projects? So it's generally speaking, it's days, particular days of the week. I like to be in the restaurant on its first day that it's open of the week, just because those are the days that seem like they're the most likely to have some sort of an issue. So, uh, gun show is open, um, Tuesday through Saturday revival is open, um, Wednesday through Sunday. So Tuesday gun show, Wednesday revival, and nice. then Thursday and Friday are a, a mixed match. I end up really use, I mean, just putting tons of miles on my car driving between the two, then to our commissary that feeds Game Changer, our new restaurant in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And then we have another restaurant in construction right now. So then back to that place for the, all the construction meetings because it's, it's at that point where you have to kind of – it seems like every day there's something we have to sort of look at or talk about or something like that. So. Right. And then these restaurants – these are all around town, obviously. Yeah, they they're are. All, but it ends s- up – you know, they're all – none of them are more than a few miles from each other. But you kind of commented on this. Like a couple miles in Atlanta doesn't necessarily mean like quick. Like sometimes it's 40 minutes and yeah. it's two and a half miles down the road. As, I'm, I mean, I'm kind of – I mean – Homeless is the wrong word. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, you know, I travel so much now. It's like I find my, you know, I live in Southern California. Right. And like, it, it's, it's real. Like, you've, been, you, you've spent plenty yeah, of yeah. time out in Southern California. And it's just like, it, it's real, but it's a different type of traffic yeah. than, like, Atlanta traffic, right. which is like, oh, my God, I should never be in the left lane. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Little like, things like that. Like, be careful. Like, it's, it's like, my parents, one of the biggest driving factors for them not coming to dinner all the time at my restaurants is traffic. Right. Like, it's, like my dad is super frugal, so a free meal is something that he would totally be on board with. <laughs> nice, nice. But the idea of having to be like, wait, which lane am I supposed to be in is enough to dissuade him. Which, so. um, by the way, like, I, and again, I'm driving a lawnmower with a, with a <laughs> hockey helmet. Uh, I just, coming down here, I think off Memorial, one of these streets, and I used to live, you know, close by here. Right. Uh, I forgot those, the streets with like the, oh no. Oh yeah, the, the suicide head- lane as yeah. we call them. Yeah. Well, I never even heard them called that, but today I almost got a, a, a crash. It's uh, literally less in it. So, it is. I'm like, yeah. I'm not going to get in this. Oh, no. Right. It's the morning. Right. My path from here 
to revival, theoretically, the easiest or fastest, at least, path is to go down one of those roads that has the changing lane. And for years, I assumed that the middle lane that was, you know, green sometimes and red another time, that there'd be this gap in time when it was red both ways to make sure that people cleared out. But that's not true at all. <laughs> I've, I have since, because I take it all the time now, been on it when it goes from red to green, and it's almost always means a head-on collision. People will just both jump in the lane at the same time and run into each other. That's, it's it's, it's terrifying. It is. It's yeah. absolutely insane. <laughs> and there are going to be people that are listening to this that have no idea what we're no, talking but, about. Well, just heads up when you're driving in Atlanta. Yeah, and li- yeah, just do yourself a favor and pray to whatever gods you believe in that, that Atlanta change that as soon as possible because they're horrifying. <laughs> this is true. And, and, and if, you, if you don't, just stay in the right lane. Yeah, exactly. Just stay right. Stay <laughs> it, right it, all the time. It, it never seems like a good idea, right. but like just stay in the right lane. Right. It's just, um, you feel like you're greedy. You're like... You're like, I want to get in this left lane. Nobody's in the left lane. I'm going to gun it. And then the second you do that, you're like, oh, that was a, that yeah, was that was a, a horrible idea. Yeah. There's yeah. five cars in front of me <laughs> yeah, turning exactly. left on Ponce right and now. And the left lane seems to be somewhat smaller than the right one. So so if you're in anything, maybe in your rental, you'd be fine. But I have a big <laughs> – I live in the south, so I have a big, giant pickup truck. No, wait, wait. Um, you have a big, giant pickup truck? I totally truck? have a big, giant pickup truck. I mean, truck. I'm saying that sarcastically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so you exactly get in it and I you're picture. like, I'm in three lanes at the same time. Right. Like, my mirrors are hanging over onto the sidewalk. Do you get a chance to get it off-road? a little bit. I, now, you I, know what? So I'm actually a car guy. So I really like performance cars and that's what I would normally drive. The okay. problem is that we, again, the weird anomaly of Atlanta, um, our, the process of dealing with the increase of people in Atlanta has been to make lanes smaller and parking spaces smaller. Right. And so that means that any parking lot you're in, you'll get your car hit. And mm. so I had a really nice car and what I were, parked were you, it. What were you driving? At an Audi R8. Okay, yeah. And I parked it back here, and I got it hit. And ever since then, it doesn't leave. I mean, I'll drive it from home, but my now, I went and bought a work car, and I bought a big pickup truck that you could hit it with a you know, with a sledgehammer and yeah. nothing will happen. And, so and that's my work vehicle. I forget what, uh, what commercial it is, but it's where it sort of becomes just a right of like, it's an honor. Like here's yeah, another yeah. ding on it. Yeah, exactly. Right. right. That's it. Is that, and I let my employees use it if they need to. Cause as you well know, like in this business, like I don't actually have any children, but I have 200 and you something employees yeah. now. And so that's like 200 people who always need you to help them move a sofa. And so like <laughs> I, instead of like actually doing the work, I just bought the pickup truck and I'm like, you can come take it. Like, right. you know, and whatever especially you with the, with the days off system. Yeah. Yeah. I feel exactly. like you have a built in sort of like, um, you know, and a lot of people listen, I was there too, where you like, you're changing apartments every year. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So it's like, Oh, it's spring. Uh, right. my sous chef is moving again. Right. Exactly. And we need a dishwasher, a prep cook and a, and a sous chef on a, on right. a day off. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know. I'm like, it's, if, feels a little weird i joked with with some guys the other day that i was like there's something odd about the idea of my employees coming over to my house to help do domestic work it yeah. feels a bit like old school plantation sure, style sure, like, sure. like i'm just gonna sit in the yard with a seersucker suit on and watch you guys do like yard <laughs> right, work right, but right. um it's just i don't know there's a camaraderie in this business that my wife is an attorney and we joke about this constantly and she's like I don't have that. We don't have that kind of rapport and working relationship in right. my field. Like we are all friendly to one another and very professional, but I couldn't tell you at all what my coworkers' house looks like. You know what their spouse's name is, what they do in their free time. Like no idea. Your wife, the same. yeah, my yeah, wife, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. And and this, like, the people you work with are 
they are family level close because of the hours you log with one another and I can tell you everything about them like, yeah. and we just it's a I like that it's a very open book kind of life 100% it, it does become I mean again you're doing it right and you're a good leader and you're a great business person and a family guy um, but that's where like there's that's where you can get into trouble too sure. if you have you know, if you don't have a, a strong leadership right. team at the top, right? right? And and it, it's you know, my mentor was a was a guy named Michael Tui, who you know, yeah. Um, and Michael was really he advocated for something that I've always followed, even though it some days it kind of sucks. Is that you know he's like it's really lonely at the top, and so even though I'm very friendly with these people, I know their families, I'm connected with them. You'll also never see me go out after work like for a drink, um, and it's because in his mind there will come a day when you have to lay the hammer down, when you have to be the disciplinarian and you can't also be their drinking buddy and that at the same time. And so it's a weird mix of like stoic professionalism and also like being super close to people. It's a very, it feels very military like where you're like, we do have this brotherhood, but when it's time for the orders to come, you understand like that when I give them, that means you follow them. They're not really up for debate. Yeah. And a hundred percent. I mean, we all sort of grew up in this sort of way that a restaurant works. Um, and I totally agree with you. you. Like going back to the the it's lonely at the top sort of thing. Yeah. It's like I often feel like when I came in, I hugged you. Right. It's like I feel like you know, like friends are rare. I and mean, we're not close. Right. But it's like you kind of. It's like oh, another person who might be lonely at the top. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's like and that's it. Is that there's this thing in our business with your peers? I guess if you want to use that word, where it's like. It, I guess it's a mutual admiration and respect for people who you know are in the same sort of situation that you are, where you have my closest friends are my employees, even though we're not, we're not like friends. We yeah. Hang no, out that's what work, I feel like. You know? It's like, yeah. um, and a lot of times my kids will be like, like, Oh, your, your friend is like, he's, he's the chef de cuisine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're like, like we are friendly with one another 100%. and I like him and I think he likes me and, and there's certainly a loyalty and professional relationship. But even if I wanted to, I don't go hang out on my days off. You can't. Like, yeah. like it's you just, add, you're right. Like yeah. the, the, you have to just sort of draw that yeah. line. Yeah. It helps that I don't drink and stuff like that anyway. Right. And um, I don't, I don't really either. So it's like, that's another real good reason to be like, you know, I don't really go out to bars. So, um, you know, like you guys enjoy yourself, but <laughs> okay. Listen, if you're looking to buy a car, you're probably familiar with terms like MSRP. You might even know what it stands for if you're smart, but what does it actually mean? The same goes for invoice list price and dealer price. It's enough to confuse anybody even Jasmine, and she's hard to confuse because she's brilliant. All you're really looking for is a price that actually means something, introducing true price from true car. Now you can know exactly what you'll pay for the car you want, including fees and accessories, before you even get to the dealership. True car dealers will show you the true price on cars like the one you want, all from the comfort of home. And how do you know if your true price is a great price? Because true car shows you what other people paid for the same car you want. And your certified dealers know this, so they set their true price competitively so they can win your business. So when you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features are not available in all states. You had mentioned uh, admiration real quick. Yeah. You said the word admiration. I have to say that like there's a lot of things that I admire about you. Wow. But one, one is the incredible beard. Yeah. <laughs> like this is, is this a natural, that's this, your natural yeah, color? Is, yeah, too? my beard is like, I, I, I guess I was blessed with really, really good beard genetics. Seemingly, um, yes. Like, so years ago, you'll remember that TV show, uh, what was it called? Duck Dynasty? The one yes, that okay. Duck, right, came yes, out. I thought you were making a Top Chef joke for no. a second there. Okay. Uh, yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> God. Remember yeah, this we, thing? Yeah, that's <laughs> one of those things where I'm like, I try not to go into my PTSD with, with talking about Top Chef too much. But um, So that show Duck Dynasty came out, 
And uh, I used to joke with people until they realized I was being truthful that, like, that's what my family looks like. They all have, like, enormous beards. Like, it's right. just this thing that we – that I guess I inherited. Like, if I shaved my beard off tomorrow, in in less than 10 days, it would look like it does right now. Like, it's just a machine. Right. Like, I Is have that to, true? Growing I trim it every okay. morning. Every single wow. morning I trim it because otherwise it will just be this giant, you know, Grizzly Adams-style beard. So. Now, do you ever feel like – because, and again, this is um, – you were sort of like on the fashion cusp here. You were one of the first – like for right. me at least, yeah. one of the first dudes with like yeah. full sleeves yeah. and a dope beard. Yeah. Do you kind of feel now like it's almost a trope? It's funny, man. Um, I got accused the other day of being a hipster because <laughs> uh, I have a big beard and tattoos and I tend to wear like – you know, a black T-shirt and like probably clothes that are like a little too small for me. Right. Um, and people are like, "You're a hipster," and I'm like, "No, I, I've no, not at all. Like, I've just, right. I don't know why. I'm, I like my clothes don't fit because I was poor for a long time. So when I got fat from being a chef, like they all just became tight, and that was now like my go-to fit. Like I was just like, that's how a T-shirt fits. Yeah. Um, and I've just always had a beard because. If I had to shave, my dad literally shaved twice a day as a kid. Like when he ha- when he <laughs> worked kid, somewhere, right, right, when he worked right. somewhere that had that he had to be clean shaven. He would shave in the morning before he went to work, and he would shave on his lunch break because he would get in trouble for having a five o'clock shadow before he left. Did he play work. for the Yankees? Like where, <laughs> where, what, 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 what team did he play for? That he it was, would get it was ridiculous. Right. Um, and so I'm like, I grew a beard because I'm I don't want to shave every day, and and it's just like I joke that I'm like I'm the least hipstery dude of all time because I. I, I, I could not care less about like all of that process. I just look the way I look because I'm like this weird blend of like dad's super redneck, mom super artsy fartsy. So out came this right. thing that you see in front of you, which is this weird. Which mishmash. I think also. Uh, again, I, no offense, it makes you kind of a hipster. Right, yeah, I know. I <laughs> because so. a hipster would never say that they were a hipster. Right, right? yeah, that's a good point. You have, to, you have to deny that. That's like serial killers never tell you that they're a serial <laughs> killer, right? Like, yeah, this is, yeah, I, yeah. I guess so. I, I mean, think I that's so. the way it works. Yeah, I, I feel like I've watched enough true crime documentaries now that that's how that works. Or they you've just, had enough chefs next to you quoting uh, uh, Yeah, there you, go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, oh, you also, we worked together for like a brief little spell, like yeah. in a restaurant, in a big restaurant in Atlanta. Oh, Gosh. Uh, that is, is it still jamming? Or it, Well, so, you know, does it do the numbers that it did when we worked there? No. Right. Okay. But I think it still does, like, pretty incredibly large amounts of people. Which I might be one of those people embellishing a bit, but I feel like it was, like, a thousand covers. It was. Right? Like, I okay, remember, it was, I, you right. know, I, I, so I know this because I've since asked to see the numbers from back when I worked there because we're building a new restaurant that's the biggest thing I've ever built. And I don't think it'll do those kind of numbers. But we needed something from a reference point of how much staff it required. And I was going off of memory alone. And I was looking back over the first year. And I absolutely would do – it did 1,200 covers on Mother's Day for brunch. Yeah, it was insane. And you're like, wow, that – I didn't make that up. That was true that we did those kind of numbers. And it, they were painful, painful, 1,200, 1,200 very difficult covers. I remember, like, you know, expediting, like, <sighs> parts of a Saturday night. Because right. it was even yeah. the type of restaurant where you really couldn't go more than two or three hours no. expediting. Because like, no. I would lose – and I would – the next day I would have no voice. Right. Yeah. It's kind I of I lost like, six pounds. And this right. is just from expediting. Right. And it's like it's, you know, it's like I'm a, a big sports fan, so I relate it all to sports terms. It's like you can't – 
no hockey player plays the whole game. Like, they track minutes for a reason because yeah, every yeah. minute on the ice is like a very real thing. And that's what it was like expediting there is that, like, you weren't, you didn't start expediting at four when it opened and you went till 1 a.m. Like, you would die. Yeah. Like, you, you did your best to, like, <laughs> jump in and fill in while the other guy's, like, rehydrating and trying to, like, pull it back together. This is true. Yeah. There were, like, necessary hydration yeah. uh, breaks. I'll even continue <laughs> with the, the, the sports uh, analogy. You know how, like, some football teams, when they have, like, a big road game, will, like, practice without, with, like, speakers on yeah, the field? Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I felt like it was. Is like, even expediting, you couldn't even really talk to someone no, who was, like, no, on the grill or whatever no, it was, if I remember. So it was, like, hand signals. Well, yeah. And, and you'll remember that it was, like, it's the only restaurant I've ever worked at where you would tell cooks to just start cooking whatever things they made and not stop. Like, yeah. like I haven't called you an order, just, but will you please keep roasting scallops? Like, I promise you will need them. Like, this is true. It's a, it's a strategy that I, I mean, I don't have to employ because we're that busy usually, but uh, I actually learned that from, I, my roots are pretty humble too. I worked at this little restaurant called McDonald's. It was my first job. Oh yeah, I've heard of and it. Mc, yeah, you, you, they, they have them around here? I th- well, I don't know. They might, I think. Okay. Yeah, I think um, it's a regional thing. <laughs> and, and uh, I would I was the poissonier at McDonald's, the fish cook there, and like it was <laughs> they called it there. It was called Go Fish. Like if like if we're so busy, right? Which I don't know why like they would be busy with fillet of fish, but right? Like that but was like the maybe station that was, I was the on. jam, right? It was just like you would just keep making them, right? <laughs> just keep making cheeseburgers. We'll tell you to stop, right? And that's what we had to do. Yeah. I still can't look at like a one pound piece of pork shoulder, yeah, without right. getting a little piece, yeah, without being like, like oh, oh no, oh my God. yeah, no, yeah. What, I what? feel the same way about fried calamari. Like I remember taking in like. The um, uh, who was it that we used? It was uh, Foley's, right? Um, and I remember being there because I was the lowest man on the totem pole, so that meant that I was there for the five a.m. like load in almost every single day. Wow! And I'd be there when the Foley's truck would drop off eight hundred pounds of calamari, <laughs> right? <laughs> that I would always wonder. When we're selling this much, why didn't we have Foley's cut the calamari? Instead, we're back there slicing up like tubes and tentacles for the next 100%. hundred years. Foley's. Like, I have not seen Foley's probably since, but those golden boxes. Do they still right, do the golden yeah, boxes? Exactly. But, you know, it's like we haven't used them since then, but I, I, I always wondered, like, why do we use them? And it's like, well, if you're going to use Massachusetts or Rhode Island squid and you're selling that much, they'll send a truck down for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Like, they'll, they'll probably this send This wasn't a, air freight. They'll, this they'll was, send an employee. Yeah, like it was an employee <laughs> in a Foley's truck who had driven down from Boston because right. that's how much we were selling in scallops and uh, and squid. Like it was just those two items on that on that truck. I love how you just bring, so so you are. I, I'm sort of the guy too. Like, hey, if someone can do the work for us off premise and it's yeah. the same work, right, right, we should do it. Absolutely. Right? Like I, I'm a big proponent of the fact that. We spend a tremendous amount of labor here because we want to pay people really, really well, and we we go out and we search for the best guys we can deal with. And in my mind, their time would be best used doing the things of, like that have a certain level of complexity. Like I don't need them to do some of this other stuff. Sure. It seems kind of not the right – it doesn't scale for their pay grade perhaps is the way to say it. And it's not that they're above it because if I said slice up squid, they would do it. It's just one of those that I wonder if they wouldn't be better off thinking about the next sort of little piece to the dish that's going to make it go from good to great rather than, you know, just menial sort of prep. Do you think there are certain chefs, colleagues of ours, that get stuck in that sort of like everything everything has to be done in-house? I was there for years. Like for years I felt like everything that if we didn't touch it ourselves, then there was no way for it to be 
consistent. And honestly, what drove me out of that was necessity, was, was realizing, like, I think, I don't remember what the very first product that we got in that was sort of pre-done. Oh, I remember. It was a burger. Okay. Um, and in my mind, if we didn't grind the meat ourselves and weigh it and mix it, we weren't going to be sure that it was right. And then... We were selling too many of them. Right. And so Joey, the guy who's the executive chef here, was like, man, can I try to see if Buckhead can send me, like, some meat that's already ground? Right, like our specs. Yeah, our specs. like, here's how we're doing it. And I, I, you know, acquiesced to it, though just barely. And it came in, and in truth, it was better. Like, it was more, it was, it was mixed better. It was more consistent. Right. Like, it tasted better, frankly. Um, And... And then we went one step further, and they were like, you know, we can scale the little balls out for you, too. Like, you don't have to, like, because then we got in this big, giant thing of meat and then spent time scooping sure, little sure. balls, weighing yeah. them. And then they went, you know, for the same amount of money, like, we can also yeah. weigh them. Yeah, and it's and also like, like, you know, we kind of got a machine. Right, exactly. <laughs> right, right. That, that. So then all of a sudden we did that, and you're like, oh, wait, they're all identical and better. So what I used to have an 18-year-old, like, intern do... Now I can actually like spend time with this intern and be like, hey, let me walk you through this thing that they're not going to teach you in culinary school. Yeah, it's kind of amazing. I'm, I'm consulting right now on a project in a seafood concept that's going to launch in St. Louis. And, you know, I'm, I'm talking to the chefs and, you know, we're going through the whole, like, we're going to get all of our fish whole, right? You know, like right. everyone, like right. young, right. young chefs, like, we're going to do it. And I'm like, you kind of have no idea <laughs> what that is going to be like, right? right? And yep. what you're going to create and like... Uh, you know that they can not only like if you're worried about like freshness with right. seafood, like someone will cut the fish for you and send the bones. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Send you the can get the carcass to stare at it if you prefer. Right. Like, if you, you know, really don't trust but, them and right. you need to see the gills. I know. For years, like you know, I you've read the same books that I have, and it says you know like oh this is the only way you can know it's fresh. Like, but I'm sorry, after you've done this for a few minutes, I can tell you whether those fillets are fresh. Like, I don't need to see the thing it came off. 100. Like, right. I was having this conversation at a sushi restaurant the other night. I was sitting at the bar having the omakase. And I was talking to the chef, and uh, it was a fish I had never had before. And he was like, it's terrible for food cost. And I was like, "How? Like, what do you mean? And so he went back to the back and brought one out and filleted in front of me. And he had 35 ounces of waste and right. six ounces of fillet. Yeah. And it just made me, all of a sudden, all I could think about was all those years where we felt like we had to get the whole grouper in. Mm-hmm. And we would all laugh about how heavy the head and bones were after we had this uh-huh. little tiny fillet. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And, and that's fine in this little tiny esoteric restaurant that we call Gun Show. But if you need to make more than like six of something a night, like that's not a really smart way to do anything. That's, so. that's true. All right. and, then, and then the novice thing is always to be like, well, there's, we can make stock. Right. We I can mean, make fish food. I personally don't even really like fish stock. Like, I, I don't it's one either. of the weird. Okay. Right. Good. Yeah. No. It's I, like, like one of those things I'm like, I, I'm not a fan. Yeah, anytime yeah. someone suggests that we can make fume or like we can take <laughs> the shrimp shells and make a broth and I'm always like, do you like the way it tastes? Like, I'm just curious. If you do, I'm open to hearing it, but... Yeah. You guys, like, why? So we can throw it away later? Like, why are we going to make, we're going to make, a, you know, 40 gallons of fish fumet to be used in what? Because I don't recall us having a bouillabaisse or anything like that on the menu. So right. I don't know. not we're gonna exactly do that sure. poached scallop dish. Yeah, exactly. Like, somewhere yeah. down the road. Yeah, so. right. Exactly. We're going to start building this arsenal of frozen fish stock. In yeah. The, in, in yeah. The, the in Kevin the Gillespie move is when I'll come in here and not have anything in particular I have to do today. Right. So I'll just open up. That We only have this tiny little chest freezer. We don't really have frozen food, but we have this one little, like, like you'd have at your house, and I'll open it up. And it's just like shrimp shells and stuff like that in there me, with me going, look, guys, I appreciate your commitment to not wasting things, but you and I both know we're never using these. Like, right. So just get rid of the bug shells, and we'll, uh, and then, right. you know what, we can just keep 
nutty buddies in here for us to eat later. Like, and that'll be all that's in this, <laughs> there in this you go. freezer. Or the, well, the worst, and not in more of maybe a corporate environment, when then those things start getting counted. Oh my god! Yeah, I mean on the fi- on the financial end, and right. you're like, wait a second, there's you know hundreds of dollars of shrimp shells that right. are like now all of a sudden that's inventory, and it's right. like um, I haven't done inventory in years, just to be clear. But right. um, it's you know it's a it's a way also to sort of like uh, you know oh there's some stock there that right, we're, and that that's we it. Is that like it? You know what we do in inventory, but I don't like. You're not fooling me by trying to pad your food cost by counting the shrimp shells in the freezer as like, but chef, this is a product we were going to use. It's going to go into circulation any day now. Right. Like, it's like a credit card. Sure, chef. it will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're going to end up using this at, yeah, at some point. Totally. Hey, Podcast One is the leading destination for the best and most popular TV and film podcasts. We've teamed up with Collider Network to bring you a number of shows, including One on One with Christian Harloff, where he interviews actors, directors, and more. We also have two time Survivor contestants. Rob Sesternino with his show Rob Has a Podcast where he covers all of your survivor big brother and amazing race needs don't miss out on all of the after buzz TV podcasts they cover it all to find one of these shows and more go to podcastone.com or wherever you find your favorite podcasts now back to starving for attention with Richard Blades how has this neighborhood again I lived here a number of years ago it's really like now it's, it's like you said different. it's it's this is a neighbor like right. it was you were one of I was, one of the first kids on the block like it was me yeah right. it was like I was the stalwart like sort of holdout over here and I got a lot more credit by the way than I deserve for like being forward thinking and a pioneer in this neighborhood like I took this space because it was all I could afford right like, yeah that's the reason I opened here like I just had the benefit of the fact that people would travel to me for dinner so I could be in a weird neighborhood and make it work but when I took gun show um, there was this sort of neighborhood that is surrounding us. And it was some homes, but it was kind of this thing that was built very speculatively, and it hadn't really worked because there. this used to be where there was concrete manufacturing and, right. and rail stuff. And then, frankly, the very worst of the nation's Section 8 housing was right next door to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was kind of a dodgy neighborhood. And when we first opened, all of my clientele who was coming to me from having dined with me formerly like in Buckhead – were scared to come out here like they right. you know they were like terrified that someone was going to steal their mercedes um and uh and for a little while we had to be like yeah that you know that's kind of that yeah. could happen i suppose you need a work car right but then <laughs> right exactly like there's this thing called uber take it um but in the five six years that we've been here it's changed completely and now everyone's like wow i can't you were so smart to build right on the belt line i didn't even realize that this in front of us is the belt line um i didn't know that that this is the next like section you, of the yeah belt when line you when came I built when, it. when I, you yeah. built it and right. now the belt knew. line is I, again i left when the belt line was kind of new right, right and right. i was one of the only people jogging on it right like, yeah. that's how long ago i lived here now i just sat at a traffic light with literally like it was like salmon swimming across yeah, yeah, this exactly, river coming exactly. down the belt line over there off yeah. of Monroe and our newest restaurant um, the one that's in construction is on the belt line like we have it's the belt line is our front door to it right. and so but for that same reason but yeah like when I when I built this you know uh, I chose this space because it was like two grand a month in rent like yeah. not because it was like super clever <laughs> but, <laughs> but I mean take credit though dude. yeah I mean hey, I guess I like should take it yeah I was like you know I mean I'm we were ballsy enough to do it I'll give myself credit for that but um, I didn't know that we were going to end up with this 
brand new section of town around us. Like I had right. no idea. It's kind of like uh, this is the type of neighborhood. Just to paint the picture for people who might not be familiar with Atlanta, like it's kind of so like a gentrified built yeah. neighborhood right. that right. was like you said was in a. Do- I love the word dodgy, by the way. Right. Such a British word. <laughs> um, it's a type of neighborhood that if if Walking Dead was real, which right. I think you always have to have the Walking Dead reference right. when you're when you're in Atlanta, this would be like where the governor might live. Right. So and you might be the governor of that town. Example. Right. This neighborhood. Actually, most more people have seen this neighborhood than they realize, and Ooh. the reason is that this neighborhood, Glenwood Park, yeah. is one of the most popular locations in Atlanta to film when you're trying to film any movie, any TV show to film quote your neighborhood. Like right. you know, like if it's supposed to be like here's where people live, it's this <laughs> exactly. neighborhood. We're right. constantly like there are constantly movie trucks and stuff being filmed here, and I can rattle off a ton of movies that have been filmed in this little teeny tiny pocket of a neighborhood because it's. Nice, but it it's sort of somewhat, to be honest, somewhat generically nice, and it doesn't look like the rich neighborhood. It doesn't look like the poor neighborhood. It doesn't look like it just kind of looks like it's, a neighborhood. It's, you know what it is? It's a perfect like rom com setting. Yes, exactly. And I've seen all these young people walking across the street with their artisan coffees, all right. hipsters like yourself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> um, walking around. How do you feel about being someone now then who's also like, oh, live here in this loft that's right next door, and right. Chef Kevin Gillespie's got this restaurant across the yeah, street. Yeah, it's and, interesting. Like, like to find out that you're part of the sales pitch um, is real weird. To like, you know. I, I was uh, I was getting a coffee, a hipster coffee one day, right. and uh, I was walking past these people walking, folks around the neighborhood and being like, like, and you know the benefit of living right here is it just below you is Chef Kevin Gillespie's restaurant. Right. They're like, oh my and, god, and, your hat and, and is don't, he they don't right? They're like, right. is he ever here? And they're like, you know, you see him sometimes, but he's not here all the time. And I'm just like standing there, like drinking a coffee as they're walking past me. It was super awkward. But, you should have just yeah. jumped in right there. Yeah, by the way, I, I thought about it and then I was like, no, it's even better that they're sort of implying you'll know him when you see him as right. they walk right past <laughs> right, me. Right, yeah. right. So. That is kind of fun being like, I call it almost famous. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, I call myself like a class D or below celebrity. It's like it fluctuates. It's sort of like the market. I say some Z. days I just go like, right to the bottom. Okay, yeah. Some um, days I'm like, it's, but it is somewhere between. It D just and varies. C. Like on any given day, you know, like if a if a new episode of something comes out, maybe I climb a little bit, but then I go right back down. Like it's yeah. not it's not real celebrity. It's now you've been out of infamy. that sort of like the Top Chef game for a little bit. Yeah. Is does it? Have you ever been bothered by a lack of people? recognizing you or no because like it, no and for better or worse i think it's because i'm v- very recognizable like physically sure, sure. so i haven't had to try hard for folks to recognize me it's still like you know i filmed top chef in 2009 right and so right. we're pushing 10 years and every single day of my life still i get recognized by someone who comes up to talk to me like yeah. so it's pretty crazy and it's not just in my hometown um, you know, it's all over the place. And I think it's just because physically I'm pretty easy to spot on the street. Um, if you do have to hide, what is it? A, is it a baseball cap or, a, or, or no? Cause like, that's kind of my go-to look ah. half the time. Uh, you know, honestly, the easiest way for me to hide is to dress not like a bum. Like, ah. like if I put on a collared shirt, like it, and dress in business attire, which I actually have to wear a lot more often than you would think nowadays because of kind of what I, now my job is a little different. Um, no one will recognize So you me. just got go straight Ole Miss alumni? Like yeah, that. basically, yeah. Yeah, like if I tuck my shirt in and roll my sleeves down like they were intended to be worn, 
no one will recognize me. That's it. That's crazy. How does it feel? And this is again coming from someone who lived in Atlanta for a number of years. Like you had mentioned, Gunther Seeger yeah. coming in. Like I remember when I was sort of uh, you know coming up in Atlanta, and I owe Atlanta so much to like any sort of success that I've registered uh, and the people of Atlanta. Um, when it was Gunnar Seeger, Soto, yep. uh, uh, Menard, yep. and Joel, and, and Joel, right? Yep. Uh, now you're one of those like three chefs. It's weird, um, you know. Like it, when I hear when we get a new person who wants to come work for us, um, and they come out of the blue, you know, they they reach out to us from some city across the country and they want to come work here, and I always, I'm always kind of like, why in the world do they want to come over here and work? And then when I and then I'll sit in on their interview, right? And they freak out, and then I realize, oh, like, you, wait, you, so you're coming because you think coming to work for me is like this big deal? Like, it's a very weird, somewhat surreal experience because I certainly don't see myself that way, like, um, at all. So I, I, I'm, it's nice, I guess, to to know that simultaneously. I, of course, turn it into this massive responsibility where sure. then I worry about giving you the education, work education that you think you're going to get. You know, that when you if you move across the country to work for us, like I want to make sure that it's worth it, that you feel like it was something that that later in life you can credit at least some maybe if it's just one thing you learned to your time here. And then I want to uh, be the guy that also might be able to lend you my flatbed. To yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. If you need a pickup truck, um, you know, the, the pickup truck might come out of commission soon since one of the employees wrecked it recently. So, Ooh, uh, see, yeah, they ran, yeah, they ran it into a post, and I'm like, you see, know. now your attorney wife has probably she's not probably, super jazzed about was, it. Now. I was going to say, <laughs> um, what's what's the growth? Uh, strategy look like so there are more restaurants on yeah, the way so there's more on the way so we have um you know gun show will always be a one like it, we get requests to build another one all the time but i i don't have any desire to grow gun show outside of this singular one concept to me it's an anomaly it's a unicorn and it should just stay where it is um our restaurant revival is much more casual um and so we do intend to build another one of those sometime okay. in the very near future um just literally on the other side of town um, all right because one the current one's indicator we're going to build one on the west side of town as we've sort of alluded to before if you live on one side of Atlanta, you don't go to the other. It's too hard to get across town a lot of the time. So right. we're gonna build a second it's, one. It's, it's um, it's very much an uptown downtown. Yeah, city, very much so. It's right? it's kind of isolated and pocketed. So we're gonna build another one of those. Um, we have a restaurant in the Mercedes Benz Stadium called Game Changer. That How's that is, going? I've I've been approached a number of times, and I've never like done like, it. We'll do not exaggerating right. like seven or eight thousand people every day. We're open. That's insane. It's well, insane. also you have uh, the 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 surprising benefit of now like soccer, right? Being soccer a thing. is our best thing we do. I was saying like I just looked at some numbers, and I, again I'm a I'm a big European soccer fan. I was like, are they? Put, I looked at like some. Are you putting seventy thousand people? Seventy eight thousand. Seventy eight thousand to watch. We had soccer. one that had eighty two thousand. Right. They had to in. They had to put out the like. Oh, sh- we have some extra seats somewhere. Go find them seats. To accommodate the extra people. Now, is the is the 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 fan base as uh, uh, fevered as like a Falcons fan base? It's completely or? different. Honestly, okay. I think the Atlanta United fan base feels like European soccer. One of my cousins went to university in Manchester, and so I would go visit her and and go to games. And it was insane. I couldn't believe it. It was for me growing up in the South. It was the closest thing to college football, where people yes. are like. 
like you are born and raised a fan of something and it's like part of your blood even more even a little bit more dangerous yeah like Like i've been to some of those uh, derbies in london where you're like oh i you know it's like being in like some gang territory i I should not have the right color on exactly like i didn't realize when i went to visit her like she and all of her flatmates were Manchester City fans. Right. And this is a long time ago. When, when they when, sucked. Yeah, when Man U was, like, <laughs> legit, like, just crushing everybody. Right. And showing up in a Man City, like, light blue shirt was, like, I I very much thought we were going to die that night. Yeah, especially um, you with the with the ink and yeah, the yeah. beard. Yeah. You're, like, like, ready to rumble. Well, I look like a soccer thug, right. like, at all times, whether I want to or not. So, um, but, yeah, so the, the Atlanta United's energy very much reminds me of that. I mean, it's, it's chance. It's... Uh, uh, it's unless there's no way to explain it other than to say it, tell people to go like go see it and honestly you don't need to know anything about the game like it you you could be like well I don't know I don't know anything about soccer right. go for the atmosphere and the energy and you'll become a soccer fan like well, it's that's also all one it of those takes. things soccer is one of those like if like I, I know nothing about sports right. okay well listen there's a ball and they try and kick it into that thing right it's not super complicated and the clock just goes <laughs> right exactly. right it's not like why does the game stop every 15 seconds right. what is yeah. that guy it's doing? not american football which i can understand if you didn't grow up with You'll be like, I genuinely have no idea what's happening right now. Absolutely. So, I mean, now, is that a licensing deal? Do you, um, no, we it? actually own our space. That's We're one insane. of the few. Like, we own our space inside the stadium. It's all my employees. We do it all ourselves. Wow. So, um, and they didn't force you to sort of, like, We use... forced them to, mm. to allow us to do it all ourselves. So, But the reason for that, to in your growth conversation, is that we designed Game Changer as a brick-and-mortar modern sports bar, and then right. we shoehorned it into the stadium. So the intent has always been to grow that as an actual, like, concept. So are there um, out-of-state restaurants happening soon, or what is what is Well, so we're – the reality is I am terrified. I have no idea how to operate in multiple states at the same time. And I know that the reality is that for, for our growth in the future, i got to start making partners. Like, I have to start making partners of the people who work for me and quit taking this all as, like, the Kevin Gillespie show, show you know, right. like, all on my shoulders. Uh, and I think I'm there. Honestly, my recent health issue has kind of forced my hand to realize that if I'm the only one making decisions, then we're in serious trouble here. So right. uh, I've had to grow up a little bit and realize that just because you had one bad business deal, you know, forever and a day ago doesn't mean that that's how they'll always work from now on. So so you're coming to grips with the transition from being chef restaurant to restaurateur. Yeah, exactly. Because doesn't that kind of scare you a little bit? The restaurant, me. Like me too. It's like, yeah. I don't well, know. Well, that word seems much more sophisticated than I personally feel. Like, you know, sure. I hear the term restaurateur and I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not that smart. Like, right. you know, <laughs> like yeah. I, don't, I don't know what, it's not like that. Like, I also hear that and in my mind think, I should have a lot more money than I do. Mm. If, if that's the word. You like, and I both. Yeah, right? I'm like, yeah. restaurateur, like, I need to go check the bank account because as I recall, I don't have restaurateur money. I, like, I feel like it's the tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. The tour part of that, right? <laughs> yeah. The restaurant part, we know there's no money. It's, yeah, exactly. Anytime you're a tour. Yeah, I just think of people like Steven Starr when that word is thrown out or Danny Meyer, and I'm like, no, no, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not there yet. That's <laughs> like, true. I hope That's true. maybe one day. Well, then it's also though you now knowing at least what like one restaurant does or two or three. Yeah. Then you also know like well, it's it's for those people listening. A lot of people that listen to the podcast are like new in the industry. Mm. There's not a lot of money in this. In- I mean, it's yeah. not like to to to, to profit regularly right, as a right. challenge. Yeah, we do, you know, I, I'm always candid with folks that we do really well with Gun Show. Like um but that's because we didn't have any money when we built Gun Show. So I, I, I literally, I used my life savings to build Gun Show, and it wasn't that much money. So we paid it back pretty easily. Mm. 
So it was an, a restaurant out of debt very, very fast. And then because we were in a part of town that wasn't didn't have a huge economical demand at the time, we don't have a lot of overhead. So this restaurant manages something that's very rare, which is that it grosses the way that a restaurant in the most exclusive part of town would but it doesn't cost that much outside of labor right. to operate. Now, you're one of the few people that would be doing this, I'm 100% certain, because I've seen you cook and I know your food, uh, that would be doing this without television, media, Top Chef, your Top Chef appearance. Right. How much of like the Top Chef world do you think is responsible for the oh, success? A tremendous amount. Like, and I'll tell people that like every single day. That like, I haven't gone back to do a bunch of additional Top Chef, but right. that's for personal reasons. Right. Um, you know, most people, maybe they know it, maybe they don't know it, but I was married when I went on Top Chef and I came home from filming it to my wife having left me, like emptied the house. Right. Like it was such a traumatic experience that it's frankly made it impossible for me to go back. I can't divorce those two ideas, you know, play on words here. I can't get past the idea of coming home to something really terrible having happened. And it's sort of this weird mental hangup I have with going back to film more Top Chef. But that being said, I credit my time on that show to like having changed the trajectory of my career entirely. Like I would still be doing what I'm doing for a living were it not for Top Chef, but I think I'd still be toiling in anonymity quite a bit more than I than I obviously have because that show gave me a platform to be very vocal about what I believe in and, and the way I like to cook and what I hope food does for people. And it's been amazing. Like I owe a tremendous amount of credit to, to that show. It's amazing hearing you say that because again, one, you're not giving yourself enough credit. I don't think you'd be toiling in anonymity or uh, you would be crushing it and winning well, awards just I like you are. Um, but it's, it is responsible. I think we're both of us. It's responsible for a percentage yeah. of the people that walk in the door. Right. That, they do. They just want to see the bearded dude from TV. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're going to love it, quite honestly, whatever you give them. Some piece. Some and what's of them. interesting is that it seems to me, and this is a funny thing that I, I don't know what happens for other folks, so you'll have to chime in on this, but what they're most interested in finding out is whether or not I'm actually nice in real life. Like, right. That's what I hear all the time. You seem so nice on television, and like as if they were just wanting to substantiate whether that's true or not. And I'm like, yeah. no, I'm not pretty nice. Yeah. Like, I'm not like, I'm not. 100% of the time nice but I'm, I'm not a jerk like yeah so I, I find I, it funny I mean again I think you're you know again there it's a television show there's there is a character part right. of it yeah sure but I mean the characters are ourselves um, and again I think you were just you were always sort of like the good guy right just, that's just how I am yeah like, and it's life, how you, you know? are yeah. I get a lot of people that like, for me it's more of like the intensity level right like yeah. when people realize that like I actually love jokes right. and and I'm and I actually like to smile <laughs> and they're like dude you were so intense in your head we're down and I think you know I mean we all we are all intense right I think the Voltaggios go through this as well yeah oh absolutely people ask me constantly is Michael Voltaggio a jerk and I'm like no he's not he's a really nice guy right. like I mean Tom Clickio gets this a lot yeah like, oh, is Tom is Tom a dick yeah like no he's just he like he's really into his stuff you right. know yeah um, so exactly. I think that's always fun it's like you're so pleasant with me it's like yeah well because like I'm competing and right. trying to win a thing yeah, and exactly. there's an arc and there's right. a storyline. Yeah, I just have like a, I've always been a super even keel kind of guy. So even when it's really, like when I'm under a ton of pressure, you, it doesn't become very apparent. Like, so that's just, that's just how I am. That's my sort of, my nature. Like I, I grew up in a military family, so I was taught that like that's what leadership looks like is that 
you can't be an effective leader if you're frazzled by you know the incoming shots essentially so right. like learning to like have the demeanor like internally you can be as freaked out as you want to be but like carrying yourself in a very like consistent manner like that's just what I was brought up right. to believe and, and I think, the way it works and most good like kitchen people I think yeah. act like that right yeah. I think that's yeah, what works exactly. for Top Chef because it's like it's a team sport right. in general and now all of a sudden we go on a show and it's an individual sport right and it's really hard to break honestly that was the hardest part of the entire right. show and I tried I've you praised it better than I ever have just then is that I've always struggled to explain to people why it's so difficult and that's it is that it, they would constantly want you to be more cutthroat than I am willing to be because I'm just so used to us all being in it together yeah. that I had oh, a really you hard to go time. Help you chop those things, right? Up yeah, I was like happy behind? to right. help my other competitors. Like, right. and they're like, no, no, that's not how this works, Kevin. So, right, like, right. Oh, but it is okay. how it works. Yeah, in, exactly. In, in real life, dude. Thank you so much for hanging out. We got it. First welcome. of all, I want to do a two-parter at some point. Like, sure. I'd, love, I'd love to do this again because, like, I was you're blowing me away right now. This has been an amazing happy podcast. Happy uh, near the end of the podcast, we play a couple games. You down? And just have, oh, let's have do it. Fun. Yes, okay. I love games. So this one is sort of inspired by my kids who at the dinner table, um, you know, where we have our no iPad and TV sort of zone, right. uh, we like to um, play Would You Rather. Right? <laughs> I like it. So this is sort of a Would You Rather. Okay. A couple of random things. Okay. Uh, some not even related to food. Okay. All right. Would it. you rather, Kevin Gillespie, meet a ghost or an alien? An alien, for oh, sure. like quick, without yeah, even thinking for sure. about it. Like, Why? Uh, I'm, oddly enough, the idea of aliens, I'm like, that's cool. And the idea of a ghost, I'm like, oh, I'm super creeped out by that. Like, <laughs> okay, so you're scared of <laughs> yeah. ghosts. Oh, totally. And so, but you are, it seems like you're also admitting that both are real things. Oh, I think they're both absolutely real. <laughs> like, I'm a lunatic. I think they're both real. And the idea of ever coming into contact with a ghost terrifies me. I... I will agree with you there. I think I, I don't actually believe in ghosts, yeah. but I think I don't believe in them because I'm scared of them. Well, that's it. That is it. Sense. Maybe I don't believe in them both, or I do believe in them. I, I don't know exactly what I feel about them, but for some reason, I'm not scared at the idea of alien. Even though I've read all the people who said, you don't want to meet an alien because if you do, it means like it's going to hit the fan. Right. You've listened to some deep stuff yeah, because that's sure. what it says. It's like, we don't like, that's right. the, the, the most recent thing is like, yeah. we don't want to be sending radio frequencies right. out to find aliens because if they have the capability to find the frequency, right. it means that every population that's ever been encountered right. like that has been dominated. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, well maybe that is bad, but simultaneously for some reason, the idea of a ghost just creeps me out way harder. There you go. That makes sense. Okay. Uh, you get to go into one. Would you rather go to the past or the future? Ooh, I would rather go to the past, actually. Um, that that I am makes a, sense to me. I, yeah, I, I am okay. a, like, we, all of my friends will tell you that I am a man who was born, like, 400 years too late. Like, mm. I am a, like, if it was up to me, I would happily live in, like, a cabin with no electricity and no plumbing. And, like, that's just, I'm do just you very break much, down? Do you do that once, or, totally, once in a while? all the time. Okay. Constantly. Like, I, I spent last Thanksgiving on a mountain in Alaska for 18 yes, days, yes. like, by myself. So, like, yeah. So, it's, I'm just, that's how I am. I've always been that way. So, I would go to the past. In okay. Um, uh, the follow-up is to what era of the past? Or where, where are we going if you had to choose? <sighs> you know what? It, for me, I, I'm sort of still romantically... I have my head wrapped around this idea of finding new places. So for me, it's during that like era of exploration, like, wow, like, like being one of the, yeah, being, being an explorer seems like what I should have been in my life. So. Right. Yeah. And you're probably strapped. I'm yeah. Yeah. Guess. Oh yeah. Like, you're, for you're sure. Doing, Cause those, those, those things, like I've been watching a lot of those movies, like, yeah. um, what was the one with, uh, DiCaprio where the bear eats him? Uh, uh yeah, what was that called actually? Uh, um, <laughs> yes, but yes, it starts with an R. Yes. Yes. Um, the Revenant, the Revenant. There we yeah. go. Um, but that like, it was dangerous times. Right. And, and like, I watched that and 
and I find that very romantic. It doesn't scare me. Like, so that's clearly so you're like what Oregon I, Trail. Like yeah, very much so. Yeah, okay, absolutely. All right, uh, you. I, actually, I don't know the end. You might be more musically inclined than I know. I am quite. Uh, okay, there you go. Banjo or ukulele? Mm. So, I would say banjo, <laughs> and the reason is that most people don't realize that a banjo is actually not just a guitar it's actually considered a percussion instrument mm-hmm. and so i play drums yes. and sing so i think i'd have to go with the banjo breaking down the music uh i love the banjo yeah i don't know if it was the fact that like living in the south for a long time i was a little bit more exposed right. to like bluegrass and stuff like that right. uh, i also like love the ukulele i spent a lot of time in hawaii but the banjo is like a, it's if you can play it it's right. also really difficult well to play, so I'm a total metalhead, so that's the kind of music that I generally like. And there's a band called Mastodon, a, a rather, I guess you'd say, a pretty famous in the genre metal band. And people always want to know, like, their guitar player is really, really good, but he has a very funny way of playing guitar. And years ago, I found out that it's because he learned to play the banjo. That was the instrument he learned to play as a kid. Ooh. And so he plays a, an electric guitar with sort of the technicality of how you play a banjo, which is much more difficult to play. So that's why his stuff is so weird and hard for other people to play. Amazing. Are there, I, there's got to be also like a bluegrass band that plays a lot of metal covers. Well, you know, the Avett brothers, who are pretty famous, right. like both of the brothers were in a heavy metal band before they started the Avett brothers. Okay. Yeah. So, weird fact. I'm going go. to check him out, and so are our listeners. Okay, uh, burgers or hot dogs? Ooh, I'm a hot dog guy. Nice. I, that makes sense, right? Yeah. And why? Uh, for a couple reasons. I like them both. Don't get me wrong. Right. Like, I'm not turning down either one, but I'm kind of a weird sort of German file kind of guy. Yeah. So, I like sausages and hot dogs and brats and all of that kind of stuff. I find hot dogs, making them, not like as in cooking them, but if you actually want to make your own hot right. dog, super difficult. So, like, the Incredibly challenge of difficult. it. The, people, uh, the, like, old, the old emulsified I, I know people don't understand. They think that's the easiest because it's usually the cheapest in the grocery store, but it's actually really hard to do it. That's a perfect example of something like, why do you do it yourself? Like, there are much better ones we can buy. I think in general, going back to that conversation, charcuterie yeah. is one of these things yeah. that like, let's do it. Right. And it's like, it, it, there's just a learning process. Like right now, we're actually at, at my restaurant, Juniper and Ivy. Our chef there is great at it. Right. And has figured it out. Right. But it's also because we had a couple years mm-hmm. to figure right. it out. And when you find people who are really good at it, like that's it's a passion of mine. So like sausage making and force meats or something I really like, but usually it's kind of a fool's errand, if you will. <laughs> oh, I like that a fool's errand, which would be a good name for a podcast, actually. Um, so, did you have you done the DNA test? You had mentioned, I did. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, so like how how German are? Uh, how? Actually, a lot more than I thought. So okay. like, if you look at me, you'd be like, you got off the boat from Scotland yesterday, right. and that is still <laughs> the vast majority of my DNA. But it turns out I found out some. So I took the super expensive one that like explains everything. To oh, you. nice. Okay. Um, and so deep dive. Right. So what it comes down to is I have a lot of the the Scandinavian actually blood, which I didn't expect. But it's because those are the like most Germans have a ton of it, and then people from Northern British Isles, where my family's from, like my family, a lot of it still lives in very far Northern Scotland, and so same sort of ancestry. Yeah, yeah. And then I married a German woman who's like, like Val's DNA is like you're one hundred percent German. Like, it's kind of amazing. I've always wanted to uh, open up an Eastern European restaurant totally i want to so badly and i try i dabbled a couple years ago we have a beer garden um that's behind 
uh, revival that's open seasonally, and we change the food every year. Uh, and so the first year, it was like German, Eastern European, and it was a total bomb. Like nobody liked it except me. Like right. I loved it. Right. You and everybody like, else was like, best. "It's hot outside. I don't want to eat this roasted pork knuckle." <laughs> I'm like, right, right. Really? Exactly. Why you would don't you not? Want stuffed cabbage? Yeah. Right. I'm like, are you? I love it. It's great. Exactly. Like, <laughs> uh, it is. It might be. It's. I, I'm. I'm, I, it's location. You need the right location. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, I think that's one. If I do a restaurant out of town, I'll pick Milwaukee and do a German restaurant. Exactly. But it is a food. It, it is a genre of food that's kind of underserved. And we Very are in this so. time and place where, like, um, you know, like, it seems like if you just, like, ramen. Like, let's yeah. think about the ramen craze. Like, if you just find this one item from this one place that right. seems exotic, right. uh, you can just ex- explore sure. it. Yeah, I'm surprised that that hasn't caught on more, but... Yeah, maybe maybe you said Milwaukee. I'm gonna yeah. say Chicago. Yeah, there I'll, you go. I'll try. I'm gonna try to do it first. Yeah, yeah. Just to be clear, there you maybe, go. or maybe we could do. Maybe we could yeah, collab. Yeah, let's collab. Let's do it, man. Uh, col- how are your feelings on collaborations? By I'm way? on board. It's like so hot right now. Yeah, 100. percent Like I'm on board because I, I think teamwork makes the dream work. Sure. You know, so even like in the fashion world, music obviously yeah. it's always been done. Right. But like just like Levi's and Jordans are coming together to right. do this yeah. like weird collab. And don't get me wrong, sometimes you're like that's a weird collab, but yeah. other times you're like no, that makes perfect sense. That kind of works. You just did one with. Uh, you here, right? You had a little like yeah. or a night or two. Or yeah, exactly. Like we do this thing called Hired Guns here at Gun Show, um, where we ask chefs who we kind of admire or who do something very different than what we do to come in, and we let them sort of run the show for a couple nights. There you go. Um, I'm available for that. Perfect. Uh, okay. Would you rather deep space exploration or twenty thousand leagues under the sea? Deep space. I have a horrible like like paralyzing fear of drowning. We're getting to know you, dude. I uh, ghosts and drowning. Like if you also were drowning and saw a ghost, or like if you're that'd be the worst. Like, thing that would be like the worst thing that could possibly actually be the best thing because I just have a heart attack and I'd be done drowning and seeing ghosts. Yeah, the the, the ocean. Um, again, I live on the water, and it's like still something I'm like. The ocean is still the wilderness. Yeah, yeah, it's terrifying. Like I, always with my kids too. It's like oh, we just spent a lot of time in Hawaii, and it's like it's the wilderness. Like you just can't run out there. Like right. it's it's scary. Yeah, yeah. For me, like I like it. It's beautiful to look at. I have absolutely no intention of getting in it. Right. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's go. neat. Based off of the skin color. Yeah, I get. Yeah, oh, right. Well, that's the other add to it. But like, people Although Scotland, constantly, you're, you're from Scandinavia. These places right, are yeah. surrounded by water. Right. Yeah, but people don't swim in them. Like you know, <laughs> they're cold. Like, that's true. So, you know, they sit in a big wool sweater. Yeah, by right. A like fire. my favorite beaches are my wife and I go to Maine every year. Mm-hmm. I like that kind of beach, but it's you couldn't like you could dip your toe in and be like, that's stupid. I'm getting. I'm not doing that. Yeah, and then yeah. I lived in Oregon for a long time, and the water's like terribly cold there too. So, so you're more like. Look at a whale. Yeah, I like to look at the ocean. Yeah, yeah. I just like muscles. Surf yeah, side. I like I like to keep you know some professional distance. You know, like it's uh, respectful. Like you stay there, I'll stay here. So this isn't a, a well imp- impromptu. Would you rather than woods, um, or so mountains or or yeah, mountains. beachside mountains. Yeah, mountains? You're a mountain guy. Yeah. Do you have a cabin yet? No. You know, you I do that. I know. I want to. We just. I'm like so picky that. I can't, we can't decide where. Like, we're just torn on where I've always had the dream, too. And then, that, you know, I, I come back to my senses when I start thinking of the whole, like, the Favikin. Yeah, Sort of right. like, I'm just going to open up a cabin in the woods and we're going to cook for six well, people. Well, you know, I have this idea, and, I, and maybe this will be the year that I finally do it. I really want to do a, um, you know, kind of out in the middle of nowhere, even if it's just one dinner. Like, I had the chance to go work for Francis Mallman for a while, and it was like – it. It, it, that kind of I'm just still I, I just find something so intriguing about that there it, it's n- nature it's yeah. just a wonderful yeah. thing okay uh, would you rather I think I know the answer to this be a vampire or a werewolf werewolf 
A hundred percent. Yeah, like, totally. That, that wasn't even. I'm like, halfway there. Like I got the beard. Yeah, like yeah. So yeah. Well, first of all, but w- vampires are cool. Yeah, vampires are cool. They're much more like, um, you know, they're like the playboys of like the monster world. I was going to say, you know? like, especially on like your top shift, like Michael Voltaggio, vampire. Yeah, total vampire. You yeah. werewolf. Yeah, like f- to me, like vampires are much more chic and cool. Like I'm a werewolf because it's just I'm a total like, it, it, like I don't pretend to be. N- more refined than I actually am. That's very werewolf. Yeah, see, like, I'm a werewolf that wants to be a vampire. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a vamp wolf. Uh, Barbecue. I know this is kind of close to your heart. Uh, Would you rather eat barbecue in Texas or Carolina? Carolina. Just quick. So you're one hundred percent of the time. Is this, uh, is this a? uh, Are you a vinegar snob? Yes, very much so. So, like, you know, I my family's from here at least in the u.s is from like the the mountains in in north carolina and stuff so that's whole hog like chopped whole hog barbecue is all i ever knew is barbecue till i was an adult like i've since eaten it all over the world and i like all the other styles but to me like iconically that's the one that still like it pulls on the heartstrings so i'm glad i got one in there that's like absolutely like your bread and butter you know what i like i'm a big fan of the kansas city barbecue i Mm, like actually sticky and sweet i have no problem with. yeah you know my wife is from kansas city so i've I've had to sort of learn to like it um (laughs) nice i like the meat but i'll still be the first to admit that like i can't get on board with the sweet barbecue sauce like i I just i like it to like dunk chicken tenders in but i'm not like (laughs) on board with it for actual barbecue the fact that you're like you're Dunkin' chicken tenders yeah, is like, like an amazing. If thing. you lie and say you don't like chicken fingers, you're just a total flat out liar. Like, that is uh, true. like I, you don't have to like the crappy ones, but like a homemade chicken finger. Are you kidding me? Like, who doesn't like that? That's one of those things that people will say they don't like it because they're trying to sound fancy. That's true. That's one like buffalo true. wings. Same deal. Like, you don't like them, you're a liar. Um, okay, television, which maybe you don't watch much of because you're a hipster. I don't watch very much, but I do watch a lot of particular television. Okay, so, so this is uh, Atlanta based. Is would you rather? Watch Walking Dead or the show Atlanta? Well, so I would say Walking Dead, but that is not because I find either show to be a show that I watch, but because my across-the-street neighbor is Daryl on The Walking Dead. Okay. So, (laughs) So more than anything, I'm interested in understanding why he's so weird. Right like in real life, I'm like, is it? Is he playing his character on the show? No, he's just a weird dude. He's just a weird dude. Yeah. but it kind of works for. The yeah, show. I mean, I like Norman, but he's a weird dude. There you go. Uh, <laughs> and the show Atlanta is just insane. It's one of the best TV shows that are out there. So, so I've watched. Watch it. more of it. I have watched it. I tend. You know what? I'll be the first to admit that, like, when my TV is on, it's like it's on all the time religiously through football season right um and we're, hockey and, season. And your allegiance in football is where? So professionally to the Falcons. Um, college is the University of Georgia. Like there you I, go. I, I like believe Sorry the about red that. and my black. My wife's a Gator, man. so you know like, how that. I works. know. Like, well, as you can see, like I just, I mean, I am a, I am a completely juvenile, immature UGA fan. Like, I, I have composure in all forms of life except Which is for college the football. Entire fan base, just to be clear, yeah, right? Like, <laughs> I can't clear. handle it. And yeah. I married an Alabama alumni, so Ooh, okay, like. I'm actually surprised we're still married following the national championship last year because I left her at the stadium. I got so mad that I just left. I mean, as a Florida fan, we just watched it on TV from New York and felt probably for the first time like devastated for like Georgia. Yeah, it was rough, man. It's really rough. I'm convinced. People don't know how serious it gets in the South. They don't have any idea. Yeah. Right. Especially like out in California, like we got USC and UCLA. Like like, you have no no, no, rivalry. No, no, no. No. Like the only people who I can explain it to, you know, the owners of a restaurant here in atlanta called miller union one of the owners neil is a tottenham fan right 
and oh, like I'm an Arsenal he boy, so there you gets go. it. Like yeah. he understands what it means to like through the thick and thin. You know exactly. Um, this one's a three-parter. Would you okay. rather scattered, smothered, covered? Ooh, you know. So obviously, I go all uh, <laughs> constantly. Um, but if I had to, if I couldn't pick all three and I had to go with just one, I actually go with the smothered. Like nice. I like the onions. Which I think yeah. Explain explain scattered, smothered, covered. So scattered meaning like the hash browns are scattered all over the grill. They're not like a perfect little round right. sort of orb. Smothered onions. And then covered American cheese. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I'm a big fan of American cheese. Yeah. I think it's delicious. But if you got it, I, 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 like you have to choose one. Quintessentially, yeah, we got to go with the onions. But so. if you have not done it at all, if you're at a Waffle House, you got to right. do it. Right. So your play is if, yeah. you, if you're at the Waffle House, you yeah. do scattered, smothered, covered, chunk, diced, peppered, capped. That's Whoa. the way to go. Whoa. Dude, like, I'm speechless. Yeah. Peppered and capped. Is it so it's like uh, jalapenos just, and mushrooms? The chunk is diced apps. ham. You know what I did? I, I, I last time I was in Atlanta, I went to a Waffle House, just because, like, why not, right? Right. And uh, I got the T-bone steak. Yeah, man. You sell more T-bones than anywhere in the world. It was a thin T-bone steak. It is the thinnest one you've ever seen. <laughs> but it was delicious. I like how they ask you your temp still. Like, what temp would you like to cook? You're like, yeah. does it come out anything other than medium well? Right. Ever? This it wasn't at a Waffle House, but that recently happened to me at a Denny's. Because yeah. Because that's how polished I am. Right. Uh, and, I, and they asked me the same thing. Like, what do you want temp? And I was like, medium, I guess. And it was like, it just came out extra well done. Right, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's like, you're like, like, I expected that. Right. You're like, is this just a conversation point? <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> like, why are you even asking me? <laughs> does anyone ask for it rare? Like, I don't know. I do Constantly, well, just I, to see what will happen. I think if you ask for it rare, you might get it medium well. Yeah, you do. Yeah, that's how it works. So, like, like if you want any color you, left. If you ask for it rare with extra seasoning, you'll get a steak that actually has some salt on it and isn't Ooh, completely cooked. You got all the answers, brother. Well, I'm kind of a big fan of Waffle House. Me so. too. Me too. I've, I've always had a dream of, like, taking one that was, like, that didn't work, which never happens because they all no, kind of work. I, I talked to the owners last week. I actually got to take over a Waffle House for the weekend um, and cook my food in a Waffle House. It was awesome. Um, But I was talking to the CEO and I asked and he said they're opening on average they open one new store a week and they close on average four a year out of the they open 52 a year close four a year and I said because they don't work and he goes no because they buy all the real estate, and so they close one if the real estate is worth more money without a Waffle House. Right. Essentially, they'll oh. close it and sell the dirt to you to build something else. It's from the McDonald's movie. It's oh a real God. estate business, it's not crazy. a food business. Yeah, that's, they'll be the first to yeah. tell you it's real estate that <laughs> sells breakfast. But I always want to do that because the open kitchen and just redo yeah. it with it's some awesome. like poly. That's a, sort it was of a dream lot of fun for man. a lot of us. Yeah, right it was awesome. Uh, end of the podcast, uh, Chef. We do something called 86. It's 86. Okay. One thing in the world. That you want to 86. It could be serious or not. Yeah. Totally up to you. I got it. Kevin Gillespie want to 86? I would like to 86 people talking politics on social media. Oh, man. I, I think that we could all sort of use at least some downtime. Yeah. Like, I, I like social media for funsies. Like, to me, the reason you look at Instagram is to look at cool photos of stuff that are fun. And, and Facebook is like to know what your, like, cousins are doing that you never talk to. Like, I'm not super on board with social media becoming a platform for people to, like, just constantly go on, like, a political rant. Yeah. Like, it's that's become, it's been, it's made Twitter a challenging right, platform. Right. Exactly. For sure. And that's, I just, I just don't like that. Like, I, I'm, I'm all for people having their own opinions of, of, and being, frankly, even being very vocal about it. I just wish that social media – I think our world is getting more and more serious every day. And I wish there were just a few things left that were just meant for fun. Yeah. Like, I, I think that's a great point, dude. I think we are losing that. And also, I'm also the guy who, like, I'd rather 
talk politics at like a dinner table with right. 12 people and maybe, you know, and obviously we, people have different with context. Views, yeah. Where you where can like, yeah, my facial yeah. expression. Right. And, and we I can, can like, and I can explain better rather than the one sided conversation that is Twitter where you're like, guess what world? Here's my opinion. Yeah. I mean, uh, again, uh, I, in I think, 140 characters or less. Right. And screw you if you don't agree with it. <laughs> right. Exactly. But from either side again. Yeah. And, I, and I, and I, you know, from, from just a central perspective, yeah. it's like, you have to sort of like, you do have to listen to people. And, and, you know, social media is not really a great place for listening sometimes, right. yeah. it seems like. Yeah. Dude, thank you so much for You're hanging welcome. out with us. I would love to get you back on. Love to, man. Uh, if you're ever out in California, I'm back in Atlanta in a couple weeks. But okay. I think, I think we, didn't, we, we didn't even cut into the cake no, here, I'll keep, I'll keep doing it. I got all kinds of random stories to tell. Awesome. We're going to do it again. Thank you so Thanks, much. Dude. Listen, everyone, uh, I know you love this episode. Do us a favor. Head on over to iTunes uh, and hit, hit uh, subscribe. That's what you would do over there. Uh, and also, you love this episode with Kevin Gillespie. Write a review. Uh, until next week, stay hungry. Thanks for listening to Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. Download new episodes every Tuesday on the Podcast One app, Apple Podcasts, or PodcastOne.com. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to our sponsors who make this all possible. Hyundai, go to Hyundai.com slash Shopper Assurance. Uh, also, you can uh, go to say hi to San Pellegrino. To find S. Pellegrino in your area, visit SanPellegrino.com. And as you're continuing your internet uh, search, how about TrueCar? Visit TrueCar for a better car buying experience. Truly, we couldn't do it without our sponsors and for you. So until next week, stay hungry.